Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Monday. Already over halfway through the month of September, our toll-free number 800-951-0592, the website at allamericangold.com. I'm your host, Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. 20-some-odd years we've been doing it right here, 100% supported by our loyal listeners. And i got to tell you, I was just watching. I don't even know how we got on it. Me and Wendy got on The show is going to be about absolutely nothing, kind of like the Seinfeld episode. And Friday, I couldn't understand. You know, Friday, gold was very up and down, right? It was way up, and then it came down and hit some support levels held there, and it just was a weird day because I couldn't understand it. Then it actually dawned on me later, oh, the Federal Reserve meets next week, which is this week. Yeah, we got the Federal Reserve meeting on Wednesday. We will talk about it, but don't worry. It's nothing, nothing to be worried about. Uh, Wendy did something that I think it's, I don't at least if you live in Arizona it's on your bucket list. Or if it isn't it should be. And I know it's on mine. And, and I, whatever that means but when you're older and I say this when you're older. Right? I, maybe you don't do it now, but you stood on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Right. The Eagle song Right, with right, Glenn Fry and the right. Eagles, and right. and the statue they they have a statue of Glenn Fry, two statues, both of Glenn Fry. Yeah, well, actually, one of them is a guy with a guitar, which could be Jackson Brown because he wrote the song okay. for the Eagles. Right, but then they just put up another statue that is Glenn. That Fry. definitely is Glenn Fry, right? It's Glenn Fry, and and basically all it is is it's two statues on the corner. Of Winslow, Arizona. And they, and they have a little sign and all that, right? There's a sign above the statue that says, standing on the corner. And everybody just takes pictures. And then they have a picture of the girl in the uh, red Ford truck painted on the wall. And then they have three shops where you can spend your money on all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff yeah, for Winslow, right. Winslow, Arizona. Right. But we were, we were actually in a small town called Las Vegas, Mexico. So Wendy last week, well, the week before, says to me, hey, I'm only working Monday next week because I'm going to Las Vegas. Right. And I went, oh, you're yeah. going to go gambling. She goes, no, Las Vegas, New Mexico. Mexico which, is, which is a really small town. And if anyone knows the show Longmire. Longmire, I which don't. Used, which used to be on... Uh, FX or, or right, one of the cable shows, right? right? Now, yeah, yeah. But but now law show, right? Sometimes he was a lawman. Yes, he's a lawman. Walt Longmire. That and and it's now on Netflix, but it's the final season. That was filmed in Las Vegas, New Mexico, and and we were there, but they weren't there. They, they had already filmed it. <laughs> but it's just this really small, cute little town. That just this is what you do right when you're older. When you're older, because John's retired, your husband's retired, well, you're almost retired. No, but I, I mean, I still work. I'll be here forever. They'll be pushing me around in the wheelchair. But um, they have a uh, they have a hot springs out there. Uh, on a, Did you go in it? Well, actually, I went and saw it, but it looked 
murky. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I want to get in there. And you don't yeah. know a lot of people. Right. Well, there were several people in, in the it. hot springs in their bathing suits, and I thought, no, contamination. So I... I, I were they old people like you? <laughs> he, you know what? He thinks I'm old, but I'm really not old. I'm not anymore. Very you're right. Young at heart. I'm very young. No, age. you're not old. You're still in your, what, earlier 60s, so you're not old at right. all. Right, well, I just started, That's not even old anymore. I started collecting Social Security. That's why I only work here two days a week. There you go. But, so, no. More useless. I told you, this show's going to be about right. absolutely We're, nothing. Yeah, my absolutely son got nothing. His, right, my son got his fourth college offer today, my oldest son. Which is great. Which to is a, to a exciting. And God knows where. Yeah, that yeah. I've never heard of, but right. nonetheless. Yeah. And uh, what else? I did. Oh, the Cardinals. Oh, at least they won, and the Broncos looked fantastic. The Broncos kicked the you know what out of the Cowboys this weekend. Well, well, here's another thing though: the Cleveland Indians had 22 in a row. That's true. You are Cleveland. Cleveland. They finally lost. But, but, but I got to go yeah. into the. All right, all right. Anyway, the show that is, has to do with absolutely nothing. We're gonna we're gonna break down the big big announcement that is due on Wednesday. And we're going to be hearing from Janet Yellen as well. And uh, this just hit the tape. Apparently, Toys R Us, and we know they're kind of on the bankruptcy watch. Uh, and it looks like on CNBC now, Toys R Us is getting ready uh, to file bankruptcy as soon as this week. Uh, add that to the list of the retail bankruptcy. But don't worry, pay no attention. That's nothing. Paper Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Everybody head for the basement. Patriot Radio News Hours on our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. A little throwback to yesteryear here at Patriot Trading Group. Of course, that was uh, Mike in the Mechanics. A lot of people don't know that. I know Ramon, I stumped him with that. He didn't know that either. Uh, but, uh, you know... I should have paid attention. You know what? It's just been going by so fast. I didn't realize that the Fed was going to be meeting this week. So it's a two-day meeting. Janet Yellen and all her cronies, right? They they haven't been able to to predict anything for I don't even know how long. They're going to be meeting, and then on Wednesday, uh, they're going to be having their little press conference. Here's the big deal. This is supposed to be the meeting where they formalize their plan to start selling off some of their balance sheet. And what that really means, break that down for you, when the financial crisis hit, right? nobody wanted the debt. Right? They didn't want mortgage debt. They didn't want uh, 
even treasury debt, right? They just didn't want, we had a debt problem, right? And the problem was no one wanted to pay the debt. So the Federal Reserve printed money out of nowhere and bought trillions of dollars. And I think the official number, because they had some debt on their, they had like $700 billion already on their balance sheet. So they purchased $3.7, $3.8 trillion worth of debt off of the banks and whatnot and off these balance sheets. And, and of course, you know, obviously, wouldn't that be nice? It, 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 it would be the equivalent of your mom and dad coming in and paying off all your stuff for you. But the difference would be, unlike mom and dad who actually had to go out and earn it, right? the Federal Reserve just makes it up. So what they're going to do, or at least what is expected, is they are going to start selling, not rolling over some of the debt, because they do it every month, every single month. And most people don't realize this and why uh, a, a lot of the things that, that are hard to understand make sense is when these central banks, and we know like the Bank of Japan, the European Central Bank, right, they're still buying this stuff, right? They're still buying the debt. We stopped adding to the number. Right now, the Federal Reserve owns somewhere around $4.5 trillion worth of debt that they, they made up out of thin air. Uh, the everything I've read, they're supposed to reduce by about ten billion dollars a month. I think that's going to be their initial plan, and and they'll put in little escalators in there. Hey, if we're if we're feeling good about it, we could bump it up to to twenty or thirty. I think the highest they would have is fifty billion dollars a month, which they will never get to. But that's irrelevant. But what is interesting is how complicated this really is. And what's interesting for me today is I'm watching this, you know, gold's down, right? Gold's down 15 bucks. And and essentially uh, going back to, third, right, it's like 13, let's call it 1306, 1305. And I'm going to tell you today, I want everyone to wait. Well, if you want to buy today, you can, but I'd wait. Wait till Wednesday. The thing that's interesting, and by the way, Wall Street's up 80 points, is throughout the central banking era, because central banks, uh, they've been around and come and gone all throughout history. They tried this before. The reducing of a bal- of their balance sheet. In other words, uh, like I said, this isn't the first time central banks have made up money to buy debt, right? Normally they do this to bail out bad banks, right? And of course, uh, and pretend that, that they're not screwing us all. Every single time. Now, This is all central banks, okay? Every single time a central bank has attempted what the Federal Reserve is supposedly, and I think they are going to attempt to do, they have caused a recession. Not 
three out of four. This isn't like uh, dentine gum or trident. What which what what gum does four out of five dentists recommend? Whatever that one is. No, every time. So how is it going to be different this time? We'll have to wait and see. But at least for now, they want us to believe that this is a good thing. Right? And the realities are, it's a horrible thing. And the, the fact that they did it, right? And what I mean by doing it, was the fact that they made the balance sheet four and a half trillion dollars is really an indication of how desperate times have really become. And now it, it really is when I when and I didn't know this because all this stuff comes out later, right? And you find out, oh wait a minute. Somebody actually went and looked and said, hey, you know what? Every central bank that tried to reduce the size of their balance sheet causes recession. And and no one has said anything of the sort. Uh, but this is why you listen here, right? It's a show about nothing. Don't worry. There's nothing to worry. What could possibly go wrong? Right? The same reason why they bought all this. What could possibly? It's all good. Right? And they, they rally Wall Street a little bit to make you feel good about it. They, they hit gold, right? Because it's a Fed meeting with a, with a press conference. So now a Fed meeting with a press conference. Got to keep gold in check. Right, and we gotta make this sound like it's a great thing. Right? Look how much better the economy is. Now pay no attention that last Friday the New York Federal Reserve, the Atlanta Federal Reserve, everybody that tracks GDP and has an opinion about GDP said third and fourth quarter GDP in the United States going back down. And really never went up. Right? I mean that's that's part of the problem. But now we're going to start the unwinding of the balance sheet, which has treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Of course, we know that the Fed acquired during the financial collapse. And they're calling this a well-choreographed and gradual adjustment. That sounds really good, doesn't it? Hey, we've... We've really practiced here, right? Just like uh, like they're putting on some high school musical. You know, we had practice, and, and everybody knows their line, and, and it's going to be just great because, you know, we're, we're just going to gradually do it, right, just a little bit. And, and it's going to avoid what they're calling a temper tantrum. So they're worried about the bond market yields rising. Now, here's what I find interesting about that. They raised rates to try to get bond yields to rise. (laughs) It didn't work. But they raised rates four times to get bond yields to rise, and now they're saying they want to reduce their balance sheet without making them rise. And they said that a tantrum occurred after Ben Bernanke warned that the central bank would soon be halting the monthly purchases, and that was in 2013. I think they stopped in, I think 2014 is when they, yeah, October, there it is. October 2014, we stopped 
adding to the balance sheet. So now, three years later, October 2017 is when most people expect us to start with a $10 billion, wow, quarterly increments. I thought it was going to be monthly. At least this is saying quarterly, uh, but but I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. No, I guess the oh, – I'm sorry. The plan will allow a $10 billion of monthly proceeds to run off. And then they said they could increase it $10 billion every quarter. So if they go a whole quarter at $10 billion a month and they think it's going well, they could go to $20 billion a month for the next quarter. Uh, and they're saying that the, the move they're hoping – and I say hoping because it's never actually happened this way. But what they're hoping for is that the bond market's not going to notice. Yes, it's, it, it'll be fine. And, and I guess this is kind of where we're at. This is how we now do economics in America. Right? Think about the debt. That's fine. Right? I mean, it just rolled over 20. That's fine. 3% of GDP. Ah, forget about that. We don't need that. You look at all the, the stock valuation, all-time record highs, and what do they tell you? They all give all of these great reasons. Oh, it's different this time because of this or because of that. And it's the same thing they said all the other time. Same reason they gave in 87, they gave at the dot-com bubble, they gave at the the housing crisis, the financial crisis, right? It's always the same. Somehow it's going to be different this time. And when really when you look at it, it, it the only thing that's different is the size. Right? And every time they tell us it's going to be different, what is the one thing that's true? The size of what is going to be different has gotten exponentially bigger. Right? When, it, when the crash of 87 happened, right, of course, remember, Japan still never recovered from that. Then you go to the dot-com bubble. That was even bigger than that one. Right? Then you had the housing crisis. Remember how long they told us this was just a subprime crisis? And I don't know if you remember, but they lined up in the desert out here to buy vacant lots in the desert. And everybody was telling you why it was so justifiable. And I'm going to tell you just like this plan. Right? You're kidding yourself if you want to be. It's Somehow this is going to be a good thing for the economy. It's not. And the reason why it's not is because of the fact that the reason why the Federal Reserve had to buy them in the first place still exists. And what do I mean by that? There are two other pieces of economic data that came out over the weekend. One of them had to do with credit card delinquency, which, by the way, rose again. Right? And we've been talking about how it started in the autos, went to the credit cards, 
uh, and now long-term mortgage delinquencies are on the rise. So now we've hit them all, right? We've got the big four of consumer debt, student loan debt, which nobody pays. (laughs) I shouldn't say nobody. Some of you actually do. But the realities are the vast majority of people that owe the government student loan money don't pay. Those aren't my numbers. That's just the reality. And that, that includes the people that are on quote-unquote deferment. S- student loan debt, right, is way bigger than it used to be. Credit card delinquencies now, right, rising again. Auto loan delinquencies rising again. And now for the first time, mortgages are following suit. And guess what the Fed's going to do? Yeah, we're going to start selling some of our debt as well. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. With a rising level of violence and urban decay plaguing Chicago, you'd think Mayor Rahm Emanuel would be working overtime to police his city. More than 400 homicides have been recorded there so far this year, more than New York and Los Angeles combined. Mayor Emanuel should be using all available resources to protect Chicago's law-abiding residents from the violent crime. But instead of doing his duty, Chicago's mayor has decided to sue the Trump administration by filing a 46-page lawsuit against Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Emanuel wants a federal judge to stop Sessions from withholding federal grants from sanctuary cities. But a federal law provides that no state or local government may prohibit or in any way restrict its officials, including the police, from providing the federal government with information regarding the citizenship or immigration status of persons they have in custody. Mayor Emanuel's suit claims that the federal government has to abide by something called the Welcoming City Ordinance. Justice Department lawyers will respond to Emanuel's lawsuit in due course, but the Attorney General is not backing down. No amount of federal taxpayer dollars will help a city that refuses to help its own residents, Jeff Sessions said in a statement. To a degree perhaps unsurpassed by any other jurisdiction, the political leadership of Chicago has chosen deliberately and intentionally to adopt a policy that obstructs this country's lawful immigration system, Sessions added. Seattle is another sanctuary city where local officials have joined the resistance against federal immigration laws. But that may change following a horrible crime committed by a so-called dreamer. Salvador Diaz-Garcia is accused of brutally attacking and raping a 19-year-old woman at the gym in her apartment complex. The crime occurred in a small suburb which had its own sanctuary policy, but residents are now up in arms. Following a large-scale petition by the residents, the city council voted 6-1 to one to allow voters in November to decide whether to repeal the sanctuary ordinance. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. 
Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. He was backwards, backwards. I've struggled trying to figure it out. If we're, if we have no savings, right? And we've seen I don't know how many different ones, and, and you pick the number. Right? Is it sixty percent, seventy percent, eighty percent of the people that have less than five hundred dollars? If auto loan delinquencies are rising, right? People can't pay for their car. Credit card defaults are rising, right? Consumer student debt—that's just a mess. I couldn't understand. How the housing market wasn't, who can afford, you know, how many times have I said, who can afford these prices? And then it finally happened. Miss, uh, Miss Shedlock, and Miss is a guy, you know, we, we, uh, we played one of his clips uh, on the air a few weeks back, and he actually got a list from the state of New York in my former hometown, which includes New York City, and was looking at mortgage defaults and those that are uh, delinquent. And here's what they came back with. A few weeks ago, his contact at the New York State Department of Financial Services his name is uh, Keith Juro, J-U-R-O-W, okay? I sent you the latest update of pre-foreclosure notices sent to delinquent homeowners in New York, and I noticed that 80% were listed as less than 60 days, right? So so when I first read this, I get to that point, and I say, there it is. All of a sudden, everybody's starting to roll over, right? Kind of like what happened in the auto loans and the credit card debt, right? It all started to matriculate. So the guy, when he noticed that, he asked his contact. So Jero gets the information. He asked the people or the contact at the uh, New York State Department for the state of New York, hey, what? why that percentage was so high? How could that be? How could 80% of all the pre-foreclosures be just 60 days or less past due? And he began telling me that for several years now, over 40% 
of these notices were what they called repeat notices. And they said for a repeat notice, the mortgage servicers, okay, so whoever services the mortgage, right, they don't want to announce to Wall Street or to their banker buddies that defaults are rising, right? They don't want that. So apparently what they're able to do is if they send a repeat notice. So let's just say the guy's past due, he's in foreclosure, but they don't want, I guess they don't really want the house. Right, go figure, what does that tell you? They send what is called a repeat notice. The length of the delinquency was not changed. What is changed though, is that because of the second notice or the repeat notice, they move the mortgage from, I guess, long-term past day, when long-term is anything over 120 days, moves it back into the less than 60-day bucket. They said out of the 65,523 loans, so I'm going to make an assumption that this is 65,000 properties, okay? Of the 65,000 properties in the state of New York that are, they're delinquent, okay? Anywhere from less than 60 days to over 120 days. By the way, the over 120, 6,400. 91 to 120, 1,779, 61 to 90, a little over 5,000, less than 60, 52,000. So already, the guys, right, that doesn't seem right. They said of the 65,523 loans, 52,218 of them fell into the 60-day delinquency bucket. They said all of them, however, fall into what they have, another report, which is the 90-day pre-foreclosure report. All 65,000 are in that report. So essentially what's happening, if they're doing it in New York, they're doing it everywhere. Right? They're trying to mask how bad the consumer really is. And listen, I, I'm telling you right now, my favorite place to, well, I shouldn't say my favorite, but one of them. Macayos. If you've been to Phoenix, you know this restaurant. They've been slowly closing restaurants, and I didn't even know it. They closed the one closest to my house and we eat there like once a month matter of fact it was one of the things when me and my wife were first dating and 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 going out we went there quite a bit last night my wife went she was uh picking up my son from a birthday party our younger son from a birthday party it ended at five and she's like hey i'll grab dinner she came home, and she's like, 
Mikhail's is closed. Note on the doors, restaurant permanently closed. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, this is it, right? Here we go. We're seeing all of these places shut down. So this weekend, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G were fighting, for those of you that are boxing fans. I went up and I met a couple of friends of mine, you know, and I used to live up in Anthem. I, I went and actually met Homer. The bar that was up in Anthem closed. And I'm like, huh, two places I went to a lot, no longer here. Now I find out mortgages may be even worse than, than they thought. And matter of fact, they've been covering them up. And now Janet Yellen's going to tell us how great they are and how much they fix things. Welcome back. Pedro Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Yep, they fixed it all right. It's incredible. Uh, the Dow is up 75 points because they believe the Federal Reserve is going to do something that every time a central bank has tried this has caused recessions to happen. And I don't know. You're right. I... I'm still, maybe I'm the only one, but I don't think that I am. We've never gotten out of the recession that we've been in. I mean, we they did blow up debts, right? The Federal Reserve, right? They bought almost, what, $3.7, $3.8 trillion worth of, of debt, right? How did they do? They just made the money up out of thin air. Here you go. See, we bought it. Now it's better, see? Now the banks don't look so bad. And then they they blew up the housing prices again right now. No, it makes no logical sense. People are not making any money. And somehow we're going to have these housing prices, which are they real or not? Because apparently, according to the people in New York, they're not. You just stay there. We'll send you another notice and pretend like you just got into foreclosure. Now I'm starting to wonder, is that happening all over the place? My guess is it is. And we just don't know it, right? They don't want to tell you about it because if you knew, you'd be like, wait a minute. Right? And they can hide student loan debt. We have no idea. We, We know most people aren't paying it. Right, but we don't know how bad. All as we know is, is when I come out and I tell you the amount of people over the age of sixty with student loan debt. Right, the numbers are. I mean, it's incredible. They're up, they're up hundreds of percent. And now we're supposed to believe that somehow they've done such a good job. They're going to sell a whole $10 billion a month. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny. Right? You got four, you got to start somewhere, right? Let's start at at four uh, at $10 billion. I know we own $4.5 trillion. We're going to sell $10 billion a month because we fixed it. And really, it probably should tell you what. They haven't fixed it at all because here's what they don't want. But we, we want to do it 
to where we can sell it and not have interest rates go up. And, of course, in theory, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. They bought them to force interest rates down. Right? They brought the Fed funds rate to zero. Then they bought up all this debt. And the whole idea, the whole time they were doing it, well, we want to make sure rates are as low as possible. Right? And, of course, when interest rates went to zero, they're like, see, we did it. Right? It's maybe the only thing they got right. And now, somehow, we need to believe they're going to do this, and it's going to work out perfectly. But the perfectly defies logic, which is, well, if you bought them all to lower rates, now when you start selling them, you got to be, rates have to go higher. And they're somehow trying to be, oh, no, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Just keep buying stocks. It's going to work out great. I don't know. I mean, almost, it really does. I don't get it. I mean, that's why, let's just talk about nothing instead. Because if we just want to believe that fallacy, then it really doesn't matter. Does it? Right? You think about, okay, well, let's go back and let's look at history. What does history tell us, right? Because history is always a great teacher, right? Why do we have history class, right? Because we want to learn from our mistakes and everywhere you look every time a central bank has done that not only have rates risen they've gone and they caused recession every time and I'm looking for the one I, I wanted just one guy to come out and say hey wait a minute listen I know we got to do it but let's not kid ourselves. This actually isn't a good thing. But this is kind of the, the I guess, when you talk about how do all these bubbles form, and then they come out, oh, I can't see any bubbles. And the reason I can't see any bubbles is because I told them that it was going to work out like this. And then they act all shocked when it doesn't happen. And I, and I just keep wondering, who's buying it? I mean, who's really buying? We know in Japan, the Japanese central bank's buying all the debt. We know in Europe, the European central bank's buying all the debt, right? Who's going to be buying all of this? Are you going, ask yourself, are you going to buy a 10-year note? That right now, by the way, I just looked to see what the 10-year note is. Uh, it spiked up today, because this news is just catching everybody off guard. I don't know why, I mean. They've been talking about this forever. But it's at 2.23. When they first, when interest rates were at zero, and they said, hey, we're going to raise it that first quarter point, the Fed funds rate was at 2%. And I actually think it was 2.1, but let's call it 2. Right? They've raised rates four times. And now it's at 2.228. You're going to give the government your money for 10 years and get 2%? You think any of the pension plans can go out and buy this extra $10 billion a month of, of treasuries and get 2.28% and still be able to meet all of their obligations? That's idiotic. <laughs> 
And the fact that it's idiotic ought to tell you something. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. So let's recap, shall we? Consumers are tapped, right? They, they, you know. Talk to anybody. They'll all tell you the same thing. Yeah, I, I'm making the same money I made last year or the year before, hopefully. But yet I don't have as much money. Delinquencies rising. Right now we're finding out, and we'll see. I'm going to, this, the whole thing with New York here, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks because it's now hidden light. And this is just what's been happening everywhere, which is they just send out another notice and restart the clock so it doesn't look like 50,000 homes are over 120 days past due, you know, in every state. We'll see. The Federal Reserve and and Wall Street continue on the we fixed it dance. Does it feel fixed? Does it feel fixed? I can't even say 50,000 waitress jobs anymore because the government said, okay, you caught us. How about 10? Will you take 10? Do you believe 10? And now, and I've been telling you, these restaurants are starting to close just, just this weekend. Two places that I go to, you know, here and there, at least, you know, once a month. When I was up in Anthem, I went to, to Rookies all the time. They're closed. They're out of business. And it's starting to spread, and we're starting to see all of these things. And now they're coming out with something where every time it's caused rates to spike and countries to go into recessions, and, and I'm thinking, boy, the timing... Right, we just had the two hurricanes. Everyone just lowered their GDP forecast. Are you sure? Really? Now? Ready or not, here it comes. Uh, but Wall Street's going to paint a good face. Right now, the Dow is up 70. I believe this is a new all-time record high, 22,337. The S&P's up five points at 2505. The Nasdaq's up 25, and the volatility index is down. Because, <laughs> hey, it's going to be great. Uh, gold's down 15 at 13.06. Silver, boy, maybe uh, maybe you don't want to wait on silver. You know what? I'm, I'm still going to say, let's wait. But silver's down 58 cents at 17.03. And I, I've got a funny feeling about how all of this is going to work out. And unfortunately, it's not how the Federal Reserve said. This isn't going to be watching like watching paint dry. I think that was one of the analogies Janet Yellen tried to use. But it's just another example of of how nothing makes sense anymore, right? If you want to believe that, then you you can't believe that the reason why they did it in the first place, right? We did it to drive down rates. Now we're going to undo it, but somehow it's not going to make raise uh, rates go higher. That makes no sense. And everybody knows no one can really afford any higher of a rate. Why did you Why do you think they stopped with the rate hike? Not that the interest rates are going higher, but the banks started charging everybody more. 
Right, they started charging more for their credit cards, more for their auto loans, more for their home loans, and all of a sudden, what? People started defaulting. Patriot Radio News Hour. Everyone take care. We'll be back tomorrow.